Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we are going to be doing a movie called The Proposal starring Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. Yes, we're taking it back to... Oh my God, I sound like I'm going through puberty. Jesus Christ. Did you hear my voice? We're taking it back. (laughs) Okay, listen. Uh, If we sound a little extra sexy, it's because we're both sick. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I have COVID. Rose has some unnameable, unknown virus. Well, apparently I'm making it up because I went to urgent care and they tested me for everything. And they were like, I don't know, take antibiotics. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I took it and that didn't even work. So I'm like, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, we are taking it way back to 2009. Back when Sandra Bullock was doing the damn thing. Dude, she's still doing the damn thing. She just released a new movie this year. Right. Well, she released The Lost City, right? Which we did. We covered it. Yeah. I love Sandra Bullock. I have a huge girl crush on Sandra Bullock. I wanted to be her. I remember practicing my cute stutter. You know, she like trips over her words in a very adorable way. But then I would just sound like something like I hit my head or something. (laughs) It was never cute. All right, so our story takes place in New York City. Mm -hmm. We have Sandra Bullock and Mm -hmm. Ryan Reynolds. In the beginning of the movie, they're both making their way to work. He is rushing through the streets with two coffees, and she is leisurely, well, she's New York leisurely walking. Yeah. Uh, What are we going to call them? Sandra and Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) We're just, listen... I don't know them by any other name. You get first name privilege, okay? She's my little Sandy. She's my little Sandy boo. I wonder if she goes by Sandy. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you think we could get through the gates of her house? Um, Yeah, just like, hey, we're here to see Sandy. We're here to see Sandy. She asked for these cups of coffee that are totally full to the top. (laughs) Well, you know what? Like, Ryan Reynolds, I would be more likely to go to his house, but not for him. I just want to talk to your wife. I know. Blake Lively. She is like the friend slash woman of my dreams. She always, she looks like a queen. She always looks like a queen. Do you know there's a conspiracy theory that Blake Lively and Taylor Swift are actually a couple? So is Taylor Swift the father of Blake Lively's children? (laughs) You know what? You know what? To make what? these conspiracy theories work, things need th- it. You know, yes, I guess in short, probably. <laughs> Good for them. I'm happy for them. Okay, so they obviously cut to a scene where Ryan Reynolds bumps into a guy at work and spills coffee all over himself. And you could tell, like, there's kind of this frenzy happening in the office, and there's, Uh because the boss is coming in, and the boss is Sandra Bullock. Yeah, and everyone's having, like, a good morning, they're chatting with their coworkers, you know, they're laughing, there is joy in this office, and then Sandra Bullock enters the building she enters the floor and they're like it's here it's here they refer to her as it and all the joy leaves the office and terror ensues i was instantly defensive just this idea that this entire office is like gossiping via some instant messenger she could read those but that's the thing right it's a work computer and you could hear all the messages dinging where they're communicating to each other like It's here. It's here. And it's very obviously like 
they don't like her, right? They're portraying her as this, they call her the witch at one point. Yes. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds calls her the witch. He says the witch is on her broom. You will watch your mouth when you talk about Sandra Bullock. If Sandra Bullock tells you to lick her feet, you lick her feet. Not us. Right. But you, Ryan Reynolds. Do you know the thing, too? This is Ryan Reynolds before he got on his bullshit. He was on his bullshit? After Ryan Reynolds did Deadpool, he became Deadpool. You know what? Like, so be it then. (laughs) You'll forgive it. I wonder if he wears the suit during, like, sexy time. The Deadpool suit? Yeah. (laughs) It's like a giant (laughs) condom. Like, how does that even work? (laughs) Anyways... And so Ryan Reynolds goes into Sandra Bullock's office and he's like, good morning. And they're going over their daily schedule. Right. He's the assistant, by the way. He's her assistant. He's her assistant. And so he hands her his coffee and it is his coffee. And she looks at it and says, who is Jillian and why does she want me to call her? And so he has to explain, I spilled your coffee and I had to give you mine. And when she tastes his coffee, she realizes it's exactly her order. So he orders two identical coffees. Uh Uh-huh. In case he spills one because he's that terrified of her. Like, am I living for a world where a man in corporate America is terrified of his female boss like this? Yes. Um, But also, like, as somebody who has been terrified of her boss before, that's not a good feeling. Yeah, immediately you kind of start to see that Sandra Bullock is not a nice person in this movie. And I'm conflicted because I love me some Sandra Bullock, but she's kind of terrible. She is sort of terrible, at the beginning of the movie at least. Well, let's let's dissect this, right? Because I'm really trying to think, what is terrible? Does she say mean things? Yes. Or, yeah, okay, she does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I was trying to I was trying to weasel my way into a, into defending her. You can't. You can't. <laughs> She's a terrible boss. Well, one of the first things she does in the movie is is fire that guy Bob. Yeah, she walks into his office and she's like, "Bob, you're fired." And he's like, "I'm sorry, what?" And even Ryan Reynolds is like, "What?" Cuz he didn't know what was going down. Right. So, she's firing Bob because According to her, Bob is not doing his job. And like, fair enough. You know what I mean? You don't do your job, you get fired. Like, you're not special, Bob. And she says you have two months to find another job and then you could tell everybody that you resigned. Dude, this is her first mistake. When you fire someone, it needs to be sudden, swift, and you need them to be escorted out the, you know, out the door. You can't fire. Like, can you imagine firing someone and then telling them, but you get to stay for two months, like they're going to burn that place to the ground. Yes. And I mean, I can see what she's doing. She's giving him sort of the grace to bow out with his pride intact. But like, you you can't do that. Like, and he he does not take this deal. And he comes out and he's like, you are a poisonous bitch. Mm-hmm. He starts yelling at her and she just sits there stone faced and takes it. And she goes, do you want to know why I'm firing you? Because you're lazy and competent and you spend more time cheating on your wife than you do doing your job. Right. And this whole conversation takes place kind of like on the main office floor where everyone can hear it. Uh-huh. The guy, Bob, 
says that Sandra treats everyone like they're her personal slaves. And she does. I mean, it kind of seems like she does. So, I mean, who's the bad guy here? I don't think it's Bob, but he does cheat on his wife. So we also don't like Bob. Yeah. And later, Ryan's on the phone with his family. You know, like, I'm sorry, I can't come. I have to work. I'm so- I can't come. Like, you know, he's so apologetic. When Sandra comes up, he hangs up. And she says, is that your family? He goes, yep. And she's like, are they telling you telling you to quit? And he goes, every day. So, I mean, here we go. We have the, the toxic hustle culture thing where it's obvious that Ryan Reynolds is, you know, trying to move up some sort of corporate ladder by suffering when like, guys, it never works. Listen, when you are on your deathbed, you're not going to think back to be like, I wish I worked more. You're going to be like, I wish I saw my kids grow up. His kids are Taylor Swift's kids. So listen, we understand these are conspiracy theories and probably not true, but they are fun to joke about. Yeah. Come along with us. It's called fiction fixation. (laughs) Yeah. We don't talk about real shit here. You have Sandra and she's meeting with her boss and their corporate attorney. Sandra's in a little bit of trouble right now. Yeah, so apparently she is in the process of getting her visa processed and she left the country and she's not supposed to leave the country during that time. Yeah, they say, hey, remember when we decided you weren't going to go overseas because of your visa? She's like, yes, I do. And they're like, do you remember when you went anyways? And she's like, yes, I do. Well, now your application, your visa application has been denied and you are being deported. Yeah. She's like, it was just a little trip. Yeah. You know, to Germany. Like, it was just like a little trip. And they're like, also, you like, you didn't fill out a whole bunch of this paperwork. It's, yo, it's crazy to me because it's very obvious that she thinks the rules don't apply to her. Yeah. She goes, it's not like I'm an immigrant. I'm from Canada. And I thought... Oh, boy, the early 2000s when certain words were exclusively reserved for brown people. Yeah, I was going (laughs) to say, like, are you not an immigrant because you're white? Right. Which I think that's still that's still kind of true to this day because you and your husband are both immigrants, right? We are. It's so true. Yeah, we're both immigrants, but he is a white man because he's Russian and if you were to ask people which one of these people, you know, which of these people are immigrants, 99% of people are going to say she is because she's brown. They're going to say you are, even though you've lived in this country longer than he has. You're right. I have lived in this country longer than, than he has by a lot. Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, and again, this movie's from the early 2000s. These jokes are harmful because they were just adding to this narrative. That was hurting people. Yeah, I'm guilty at laughing at these jokes, but I think we've all we're all learning a lot, mm-hmm. you know, as we get older and like just make the corrections, you know, like it's that easy. Just make the corrections. Right. When you know better, do better. That's just it. Absolutely. Let's not cancel Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, so they're telling her that she's going to be deported. And she's like, no, she's like, that's fine. I can work from Toronto, you know, remotely. And they're like, ah, you can't work for an American company if you've been deported. Mm, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. But 
at this moment, uh, Ryan Reynolds comes in to g- save her from this meeting like she instructed him to. Right. He's coming to give her a fake message that someone's waiting on the phone. And you could see her wheels turning behind her eyes because she she didn't yes. know what this meeting was going to be about. She just kind of knew that uh-huh. she was going to need saving. But you could see an idea occur to her. Yeah. And she sees Ryan Reynolds and she goes, there you are. She's like, we um, have something we wanted to tell you. We're getting married. And they're like, what? And she's like, yeah, uh, me and Ryan here are engaged. (laughs) Right. Uh, No one is more surprised than Ryan, who, (laughs) I mean, he's forced to go along with it. Ryan says, yeah, we didn't want to tell anybody because I'm getting a promotion. And they would think that it was favoritism. And then after they get back to her office, she doesn't even, this is how little respect she has for him. She doesn't even bother explaining to him what is going on. And he's just like, what the hell was that? He's like, I'm not going to marry you. And she's like, oh, yes, you are. She says, if they fire me, guess who they're going to make editor? Bob, the Bob that we just fired. Right. She goes, and then all this overtime, all of these weekends and missed holidays and midnight Tampax runs are going to have been for nothing. She basically uses like the sunk time fallacy on him of like, you have sunk too much time into this job and now you need to do this, this thing with me. She's telling him this as though it's no big deal. She's like, listen, it's not a big deal. We'll get married. So I become a citizen. We'll wait a little bit of time. Then we'll get divorced. We'll get a quickie divorce. He's still not really sold on this at this point. Mm -hmm. And... He's like, about that promotion. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, yeah, that was a good touch. You know, good idea. He's like, oh, no, I'm serious. So he sort of Uno reverse cards her. And he's like, listen, I want that promotion. He says, and it's, and I want it now. I don't want it later. I don't want to get promoted yeah. later. I'm getting promoted now. So she takes him to the immigration office because I guess because she's being deported, um, there's some paperwork she has to fill out saying that she's engaged in order to kind of halt the process. Yes. And the guy, first of all, she cuts the whole freaking line. She has a lot of Karen energy right now. Oh, super Karen energy. She just thinks that she's more important than all these people. I wonder why. She actually says why later in, in the interview. I don't know if you caught it. I didn't. But this guy hears fiance visa and he pops his head out and he's like, oh, that's me. Yeah. He's like, this is what I live for. This guy, you could uh-huh. tell you could tell that he lives for catching people in in fraud marriages. You could tell he probably, one, didn't get hugged enough as a child, and two, got beat up a lot at school. I know, and now he has a little bit of power, and he is going to use it as much as possible. So when this immigration officer takes them back to an office, he immediately sits down and says, "Uh, so tell me, are you both committing fraud to avoid her deportation? And he goes, yeah, I got a tip from Bob. And yeah, Sandra Bullock is like, yeah, listen, he's just a disgruntled ex-employee. Right. Don't listen. To, don't listen to Bob. You, you listen to Bob? No. Everybody knows Bob is a drunk. Bob doesn't know what he's talking about. Bob cheats on his wife. Bob cheats on his wife. You can't trust a guy who cheats on his wife. No. 
the immigration officer looks at Ryan and is like, do you realize that you could be facing up to a $250,000 fine? And five years in prison. Yeah. He says, what you're doing is a felony. And this is how it's going to go down. He says, I'm going to interview everyone you know. I'm going to talk to your neighbors. I'm going to look at phone records. And if I find out that this is fake, you're going down. Yeah. Ryan wants this promotion really bad. Yeah. I've never had a job where I would risk five years in jail. As this immigration officer is like, okay, so if this is supposedly real, do your parents know about it? And Sandra's like, oh, my parents are dead. She goes, and we're going to tell Ryan's parents this weekend at his grandmother's birthday. And she is just throwing this at the wall right now. She had told him that he wasn't going because she had other plans for him. So she just made this shit up just now. Yeah. She's like, yeah, we're going this weekend to see his family. It's Gammy's 90th birthday. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to Sitka. She's like, Sitka. We're going to Sitka, Alaska. (laughs) She's like, Alaska. When he walks out of that building with Sandra, he is like, oh, things have changed. Yeah. He's like, jail time? A fine? A $250,000 fine? Like, mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. He, he started to have some second thoughts. Right. And so he adds to the agreement. He's like, you're going to make me an editor and you're going to do it like uh-huh. now. Like this promotion is happening now. And also you're going to publish my manuscript. And she's like, uh, no. He's like, all right, well, then have fun back in Canada. Yeah. He, he Uno reverse cards her. He's just like, mm, I can say no. I mean, it's fair because he is risking a lot. Like that is kind of big stakes going to jail for five years. Ryan Reynolds would not do well in jail. Ryan Reynolds would easily be somebody's bitch. He would have multiple, multiple daddies in jail. Ryan Reynolds looks like he has very soft hands. (laughs) He does. And his face, particularly in this movie, because this was like a long time ago, he looks like a little bitch, man. Like a hot little bitch. Yeah. But still a little bitch. Like old enough for me to like him, but still a little bitch. Yeah. They go to Alaska. And first of all, she's acting like the cold weather is something that she's not used to there. I'm sure it's a different kind of cold, though. It's probably like a very dry, bitter cold. I don't know. I've never been to Alaska. I shouldn't talk. I've been to Alaska, but it was in July. Oh. Listen, I hate the cold, but in July... It's a nice, crisp 70 degrees, Mm -hmm. like 65 to 70 degrees, but there's still snow because there's so much snow that it hasn't all melted yet. So there's still snow and it is beautiful. You have like wildflowers growing out of snow. Oh my God, that does sound beautiful. Well, and you could, it is. And in the movie, you could see it that Alaska is beautiful. And um, so Ryan, His family is from a small island in Alaska. Yeah. So they have to take a plane to Alaska and then another plane to his small island. Yeah. And then a boat to his house. And then a boat to get to his house. But what Sandra realizes as they're riding from the airport is that all of the shops in this town have Ryan's family name. Yeah. So Ryan doesn't just live on a small island. Ryan's family owns a small country. Right, right. Yeah. So she even says, like, you didn't tell me you were the Alaskan 
Kennedy. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's Why right. Why is that hot? Why is that hot? Right. <laughs> Do you know what's funny is Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He is. But he's like, what? Like, we've spent the last three years talking about you. Right. And so Sandra is realizing, like, he comes from money. And I don't know, man. Yeah. You could tell it just brings him from like a seven to a nine and a half in her eyes. Right. Listen, like, she could do worse. First of all, um, they get to where his family is. And his family is so excited to see him. They haven't seen him in three years. They haven't seen him since he started working for Sandra. Right. And uh, his grandmother is very familiar. Actually, you know what? His grandmother is all of our grandmothers. She's America's grandmother. She's America's grandmother because his grandmother is played by Betty White. And I've never been more excited to see an actress on the film. (laughs) R.I.P. Betty. She is such a give-no-fucks old lady in this movie, and I love it. Right. And the thing is, when the grandma giggles, there's something so sweet about it that literally she could say anything to you and you couldn't take offense to it. Because she's Betty White. Like, leave her alone. This is fine. It's fine. She could slap you in the face and steal your husband, and you'd be like, it's okay. She's It's Betty White. It's Betty White. You don't take him. (laughs) Take him. It's okay. It would be an honor. It would be an honor to be sister wives with Betty White. It would. You know what? I'm sure she cooks amazing. Oh my gosh. Cooked. I don't know what she's doing in the afterlife. Maybe she's still cooking. (laughs) She might still be cooking. His family lives in what is more or less an estate. Like it is huge and it's beautiful, man. It is beautiful. It's on the water. It has a huge dock. It has, it's just, it's a beautiful estate. Um, and there's a welcome party. Apparently, basically, the town has come in to welcome him home. The whole town has come there to greet them. Right. Ryan's dad is there, and it's very obvious they don't have a great relationship. Yeah. Um, his dad has a problem with his profession. He's like, what exactly is it that an editor's assistant does? Yeah, he has that, I don't know, I guess like toxic masculinity thing of like, he can't stand that his son is a woman's assistant. Yeah, I think people hear the term assistant and automatically think like lesser than. And usually the assistants are holding companies together. But uh, Sandra tells Ryan like, hey, we need to pretend because everybody's here and everybody's watching. So they're all kind of just like... Ha ha ha. Yay. We're uh, we're a couple. What do we do yeah. with our hands? <laughs> well, when Ryan and his dad are arguing, Ryan basically cuz his dad's sort of shit talking Sandra. Right. Um first of all, you watch your fucking mouth, sir. Mhm. You watch your fucking mouth when you talk about our queen like this. Right. The dad is shit talking Sandra and Ryan quickly corrects daddy and says, listen, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to talk to her about, you're not going to talk about her like this. That is my fiance. We are getting married and you will show her some goddamn respect. Right. Um, so then he immediately comes out 
of his argument with his dad, and he announces it to the whole room. And Sandra's freaking out. I don't think she was ready to have to face so many people asking her questions about their engagement. Yeah, she was not, because he told her before they got there, um, I'll tell my family when I'm goddamn good and ready to tell my family. Okay, He he tells them immediately. (laughs) He tells the whole town. Yeah, and then they want to hear the proposal story. What's crazy to me is that they had this whole plane ride where they could have been kind of getting their story together. I mean, these are adults. Like, you know that when you meet people for the first time and you, as a couple, one of the first questions they ask you is like, how did you guys meet? Like, what's Uh the story? And they had nothing prepared. Yeah, nothing. And so they're both trying to make up a story at the same time. And it's a cluster. Well, because the reason it's so bad is because Ryan is trying to tell a story where he looks manly. And Sandra is trying to tell a story where he looks like an emotional wreck. And so their stories are kind of, they keep cutting each other off. Yeah. And it's, it's hilarious. The story is hilarious. And then people demand that they kiss. Yeah, they do that thing that little kids do when they like they scrunch up their lips and they go, moi, it's the most awkward peck. <laughs> right. And then people are like, kiss her for real. Kiss her <laughs> on the mouth. And even Grammy, Gammy is like, kiss her on the lips now. Yeah. Like, what's your guys' obsession with watching other people kiss? Dude, I don't like a group of people yelling at me to do anything. Like, don't. Right. I don't like that, dude. It makes me angry. And literally, you could tell me, pick up that $100 bill. And I will be like, no, because you yelled at me and I don't like being yelled at. I'm not going to do it. First of all, don't tell me what to do, but I am broke. So I'm just going (laughs) to. You could literally be telling me to like kiss Brad Pitt and I'd be like, no, I'm not going to do it because you're telling me to, but I am going to do it on my own terms. I'm doing it because I want to, not because you told me to. I'm going to wait five seconds and then I'm going to do it because I want to. I just don't like being bullied. Wait, they have the real kiss. They have a real kiss. Yeah. And you could see, I mean, it's, um, I don't know, something happens during that kiss, dude. It's one of those things where I don't think they ever actually put any thought into the fact that, huh, maybe we are physically compatible. Like, yeah, maybe. They felt a little connection, a little something, something. There was a little spark. There's a little spark. There was a little steam, like the, like her old generator was starting up again. Are you referring to her vagina as a generator? You know what? Some metaphors don't need to be explained, Courtney. You okay. could have just left it to the imagination. It could okay. have been it could have been like her heart. You know, generators can be lots of things. But yeah, I was talking about her vagina. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um but yeah, they have like a little spark and people are ooing and aahing and clapping. No one else knows that they've never so much as touched fingers before. The only touching they've ever had before was her verbally berating him. <laughs> her words have previously drilled holes into his soul and made him want to not be alive anymore. But no, they've never shared, they've never touched lips. After the party, Mama and Betty White take Ryan and Sandra to their bedroom. Unfortunately for her, for Sandra, she's going to have to share a room with Ryan, which like, 
she was not expecting. But obviously, have you ever seen a rom-com ever? Like, even if they had gotten a hotel, there would have only been one bed. Yeah. You know what? This is just trope after trope. So you have the office romance. Mm -hmm. You have the fake dating. Mm -hmm. You have the one-bed trope. Yeah. Well, and then you have Betty White. You have Grammy who comes out with a quilt from her tribe. She's like, you know, this has magic powers. We call it the baby maker. <laughs> and Sandra's like, ew, 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 ew. Set it on fire. Well, you know what just occurred to me that didn't occur to me at the time? Huh? Is the fact that if it's the baby maker, does that mean that all of the kids in that family were conceived on that blanket? Ew. I know. I just thought of that. Do they wash it or do they have to not wash it? That's so gross. You have to let it soak. That's the magic. Oh, you have to let the daddy juice soak in it. Ew, I don't like this. I don't like it. Set it on fire. And like it doesn't catch fire because it's so moist. <laughs> like the whole like the whole house burns down with the blanket. Doesn't. Oh my God. This is the grossest thing we've ever said. Of all the things we said, this is the grossest. We apologize. <laughs> Not really. If we have to if we have to live with this, so do we. Sandra and Ryan have to sleep in this room together. Obviously, Ryan is gonna sleep on the floor. Which I think is unfair. Like put up a pillow barrier. Like just be adults. Yeah. Just let him sleep in the bed. It's his bed. And it's a big ass bed, too. Yeah. You're right. Put up a pillow barrier. Put the baby maker between you guys. (laughs) (laughs) He's sleeping on the floor. She's sleeping in the bed. And in the morning, her cell phone starts ringing. So she goes outside. So there's like no barriers to her reception. And um, Gammy's little dog, Kevin, who's like a little white Pomeranian, follows her outside. Yeah. So she's out there trying to get a signal, trying to take this call. And there's an eagle circling around her and she doesn't really realize it until the eagle swoops down and takes the dog. Gammy had warned her about it. She said, don't let him outside. The eagles will get him. So Sandra throws her phone at the eagle. It She misses, but the eagle ends up dropping the dog. She catches it. And then the eagle comes back around for revenge. And takes her phone. And grabs her phone. Then Sandra's like, no, 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 no. Give me my phone. Take the dog. Take the dog. From the inside where Mom and Gammy are watching, it looks like she's just like playing airplane with Kevin the Pomeranian. Yeah, all they see is is Sandra holding up the doggy, kind of running around. And so this is endearing her to the mom and the grandma. They're like, oh my gosh, she is, what a sweetheart, what a sweet lady. And meanwhile, this sweet lady is begging the eagle to take the dog and give her back her phone. (laughs) But then mom and Gammy steal Sandra for the day to go out with them and Ryan's ex-girlfriend, which I think is weird. But I mean, to be fair, the ex-girlfriend, she's not like evil or, or you know, whatever. She's a really sweet girl. She's honestly, yes. she's like, you know how we coined the Sim boyfriend? Uh-huh. Who's just there for no real reason. She's like the Sim ex-girlfriend. Yeah, she's just kind of there. She's there to prove that he's desirable because someone else wanted him, but not enough to marry him, but just enough to like be with him for a couple of years. So mom, Gammy, an ex-girlfriend, takes Sandra out to a very special, one-of-a-kind 
outing in their small little Alaskan town on their little island. Right. It's uh, it's basically a small town version of a Magic Mike show. Mm-hmm. There's only one exotic dancer in the entire island. And he, listen, this guy's a hustler, okay? This guy... He he's he was a caterer at the welcome home party. Yes. He's the exotic dancer and he also works at the phone store. Right. And I feel like he did something else. Yeah. Listen, if Ramon on this itty bitty island can find a way to hustle without joining an MLM, so can you. <laughs> Be like Ramon. Be like Ramon. But this is kind of like an impromptu bachelorette party because they call, they put a deal on her and sent her up there to get a lap dance. And so she's just getting like a thrusted in the face with a little banana hammock covered schlong. Right. Wow. That description was beautiful. Are you a romance author? I am. (laughs) All of Courtney's books say he was thrusting his banana covered ham his banana hammock covered schlong what a tongue twister you are talented my dude (laughs) thanks i just came up with that on the fly wow that was good um yes so sandra is very uncomfortable um Mm -hmm. she's asked to smack it okay she she she's asked to smack his butt not his schlong okay right 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 she's asked to smack his butt (laughs) here's the thing that i've noticed right Men don't understand the female gaze. Mm-hmm. What men think women find sexy is not actually what we find sexy. You know what we find really sexy? When you have your dress shirt rolled up to the elbow and then you brace yourself on a door frame and kind of lean into it and your veins and your forearms kind of bulge. It's nuanced things like that. Mm-hmm. When you're watching a movie and there's a shot of the guy and it's just showing his hard abs and his pecs, like they think that women find that attractive, but that's a male director saying like, yes. oh, the ladies are going to love this. And really the women are going crazy by the way the guy looks up. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's the female gaze and men don't get it. And so when these men are on stage and they're thrusting at the air, it's not sexy and it's so dorky. You know what would be like the ultimate Magic Mike show is a bunch of men in group therapy talking about (laughs) how they're actively working on fixing their toxic masculinity. And all of them have the, you know, like white button ups with their sleeves rolled up. Uh Uh-huh. They run their thumbs over their eyebrows like that's hot. Just just men walking in slow motion, looking up Mm -hmm. like that. mm, Yes, that. They don't get it. They just don't get it. Anyways, moving on. That was a long sexual rant. But, you know, after they do the whole stripper Ramon thing, they head back to the house. And while they were gone, um, shit sort of went down with Ryan and dad. Yeah, the dad gets into an argument with him because the dad wants him to run the family business and Ryan has other ambitions for himself. And Ryan's not here for it. He essentially is like, well, you know what? Fuck off, dad. And then he goes to take out all of his anger and frustration in an appropriate manner by hollowing out a canoe with a hammer. And the ladies love it. (laughs) Oh, I, I think that's another like survival instinct where we're like, He's chopping wood for fire to keep us warm. Yes. Right. Because there's something with like arms where it's mm-hmm. like those arms 
can protect me. Yes. Anyway, so a big confusion happens. We're confusion here because Ryan is mm-hmm. wearing headphones. He is chopping up this canoe, hollowing out this canoe. He doesn't see that Sandra got back from her trip. No. Sandra goes upstairs to go wash the strip show off of her. She went to go wash off the glitter and the shame. <laughs> yes. And he's just coming in from chopping wood, but he has earbuds in and he also wants to take a shower. He also wants to take a shower. The weird thing that he does is that he goes out to like the balcony of the room and he undresses there, which is kind of like... He's probably done it for a long time because he can just leave his dirty clothes out on the balcony instead of sticking up his room. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, So... Obviously, he can't hear the shower running, and she's in the shower. She didn't hear him come in. She comes out, and there's no towel there. The towels are kept outside in the room. And I want to be like, who doesn't check to make sure they have a towel before they get in the shower? Yeah, it's showering 101 is grabbing a towel. That's like step one. Grab a towel. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? Here's trope number four Mm -hmm. of here. The accidental shower... Confusion. Right. Yeah. So you have naked Ryan. You have naked Sandra. The dog is barking at her. She's trying to hurry up and get a towel. She slips. And then just naked Sandra, naked Ryan smack together. And they literally like smack together. Yeah. Their bodies collide and then they fall on top of each other. Uh huh. I get that the point of doing this was to like inject sexual tension, but that is like gross. <laughs> Right? Especially because, like, she needs to re-shower now. Well, she just showered, and he's, like, sweaty. And, like, literally, their slimy bodies just collided unexpectedly. Like, I need a warning. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? And she's like, ew, 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 ew. (laughs) Um, That's awkward because you know he saw stuff, she saw stuff, they felt stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their crotches bumped together. Needless to say, this is an awkward night. Yeah, so he's on the floor. She is up on the bed and she's like, hey, like, sorry about earlier. Like, I didn't see anything. He's like, yes, you did. (laughs) He's like, I saw stuff. You saw stuff. Like, don't play. He says, I saw your tattoo. He's like, what is that tattoo about? And she opens up to him and she tells him that she got the tattoo after her parents died. And her parents died when she was 16. She's voluntarily giving him all this information. You know, she says that after Bob, who she fired at the beginning, called her a poisonous bitch, she went to the bathroom and cried. It's her showing vulnerability. Like, look, I look like a hard ass, but I actually have feelings. And I cry a lot at work because people are mean to me. If they're basically, they're bonding. I mean, she's doing the bonding. Yeah. But they had talked about how they had to get to know each other. They did talk about this because they need to know yeah. things for the interview, for the immigration interview. You know, as she's sharing, she's like giving little facts about herself. She mm-hmm. also says probably the biggest red flag that we've seen from her yet. She says that she reads Wuthering Heights every Christmas because it's her favorite book. If your favorite book is Wuthering Heights, you need to go find a therapist. (laughs) You probably need some like intensive therapy because Wuthering Heights should be nobody's favorite books. You know what? Wuthering Heights was probably Ted Bundy's favorite book too. Listen, um, the second I heard her say that, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Now we have to talk about 
Withering Heights for 20 minutes on the podcast because Courtney gets on her bullshit about it. I'm going to cut it short. All I'm going to say is that I'm sure Wuthering Heights was Ted Bundy's favorite book also. And see what he see how he turned out. You should find a therapist, probably several. Ryan is not safe. I, I just want to put it out there that if Wuthering Heights is your favorite book, don't listen to Courtney. Love what you love. Um, it's This is about her issues, not not yours. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I, I'm not going to say any more about the Wuthering Heights. Okay. Um, so, you know, this night is kind of the first time that they're they're bonding. They're joking. They're laughing. They're really connecting. But also, I feel like they're kind of starting to, like, catch some feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, not let's get married feelings, but definitely, like, mm, maybe... They're starting to smell the opportunity in the air. In the morning, um, mom comes to surprise them with breakfast in bed. So it's not just the mom that comes in. Actually, the whole family comes in. Yeah. So like it, it's it's family time right now. The reason the family is there is because they, they want to make an announcement or rather a request. I mean, it's not really a request. They're like volunteering them. That they're doing it. It's a lot. They're like, hey, you know, you guys are engaged. We're thinking that you guys should get married here tomorrow out in the barn. So Gammy Annie can be part of it. Right. And so, you know, Betty White, being Betty White and being adorable and someone you can't say no to, she bats her big gray eyelashes and she's like, Please do it before I'm dead. They agree. They agree. They're like, yeah, we're going to, we'll do, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, it's fine. Listen, when I'm old, I'm going to get my way all the time by just emotionally manipulating. I'm just going to emotionally extort people by threatening to die. You know what? That's what we all want out of life is to live to the age where we can emotionally extort our own death to get what we want out of our family. Yeah. When the family leaves the room, Ryan is really upset because he's realizing how excited his family is and he feels so bad about lying to them. Yeah. And um, Sandra's just like, oh, it's going to be okay. Like, she's just kind of like, you don't have a choice. (laughs) You know, after they agree to get married in the barn, Sandra goes with mom and Betty White to get her wedding dress fitted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sandra is wearing the family wedding dress. Gammy Annie in addition to being a whole lot of other things, um, is also an amazing seamstress. Well, I mean, put a pin in in amazing, but, uh, you know, amazing in air quotes. When they get back, Mm -hmm. Ryan's dad says that he needs to talk to them, and he pulls them aside. And like a freaking Bond villain, someone steps out of the shadows. Twirly mustache. He doesn't actually have a twirly mustache. But this twirly mustache villain of an immigration officer is like, ha I found you. He says that, I guess he contacted the dad and mm-hmm. he said the dad negotiated a deal for Ryan to confess in exchange for him to be let off the hook and for Sandra to be um, deported. And first of all, what the hell, dad? The dad flew him out there. See, to me, this is unforgivable. And even Ryan thinks it's unforgivable because he's like, no, six months ago, we started dating and we're getting married tomorrow. I'll see you at the wedding. Right. So obviously Ryan doesn't take the deal. Um, The wedding is the very next day. And it's crazy, right? Because the immigration officer is 
at the wedding. Yeah. Just what up, guys? Hey. The next day, the town is in for the wedding. There's this huge barn that's beautifully decorated. I am mm-hmm. also like, how do they pull this off? Like literally in a day. And Sandra's in the in the newly kind of like fitted wedding dress. Like this is a lot to happen in one day. Right. People would pay thousands of dollars to have a wedding like this on purpose. Right. I mean, because it's a beautiful barn and then it's decorated with all these flowers and vines and it's just, it's like a dream. It's beautiful. So the officiant starts the wedding. Oh, who's the officiant? <laughs> it's Ramon. It's Ramon, a.k.a. the stripper, a.k.a. the caterer, a.k.a. the convenience store clerk. Ramon starts the wedding and Sandra's looking, you know, she sees Grammy out in the audience and Ryan's family and she decides she can't go through with it. Yeah, she interrupts the speech that the officiant is giving, and she turns to look at the crowd, and she basically just spills her guts. She says that everything was a lie, that she blackmailed him into marrying her to avoid deportation. She does. She spills her guts. Then she willingly goes with the deportation officer. I guess Ryan is left to deal with the aftermath, right? Because I'm sure his family descends on him. Like, what the hell is going on? His mom and grandma are pissed. And Listen, throw dad in the river. Like, dad is trash. Yeah. Ryan tells dad and Grammy and mom that it started off as a lie, but he actually has feelings for her. Mm-hmm. And it's not a lie anymore. You for know? him. Yeah. For he, him. He has fallen for her. Well, when he gets to the house, um, Sandra somehow had time to leave him a letter. And she basically says in the letter that she read his book, his manuscript, because he had wanted yes. her to publish his manuscript. She says she read the book and that it was special and that she always knew it was special. She just didn't want to lose him as an assistant. And I'm like, dude, that's terrible. Yeah. She's like, you know, I knew publishing this would mean I would lose you as assistant because I would have to promote you. Can you imagine holding someone back from their dream because it's convenient to you? Like you're telling me you can't get another assistant. So you're going to hold back this talented man Mm -hmm. that she is terrible, dude. She is terrible. But she basically says, you know, she'll make sure that his manuscript gets bought before she leaves. Um, And she has 24 hours, by the way. She has 24 hours to get her life packed up. Everything's loose ends tied up at work and to get on a plane. Now, Ryan is even more determined to go after her because I guess the letters she left him just really made her feel like this love is worth fighting for. So... (laughs) The, the grandma and the mom are are on his side. They're like, let's go get your girl. And even the ex is there and kind of gives him a pep talk. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't know why, dude, but I just got this feeling that this is like a witness protection program and that mm-hmm. none of these people really know each other and that they're all just like hiding from the mafia. I just got like the weirdest feeling because the, the ex being there all the time for pep talks and the mom and the grandma just not being judgmental, like none of it clicks. Right. So Ryan gets into a huge fight with his dad, understandably, because this is all the dad's fault. In the middle of the fight where Ryan and dad are arguing, grandma f- starts having chest pain and they have to call an ambulance. And here, um, the ambulance is an airplane. 
The grandma gets airlifted, the whole family is in the plane, and then halfway through the flight to the hospital, they realize that she faked it. She asked them to take her to the airport instead. Yeah. And they're like, ma'am, we can't take you to the airport. You know, we're not allowed to. And she's like, I'm going to call your mom. And they're like, yes, ma'am, to the airport. (laughs) Yeah. So grandma comes in clutch, man. She, like we said, she uses her age um, to extort herself onto a plane and get her grandson to the airport so that he could try Mm -hmm. to catch Sandra before she flies off. Ryan calls Chuck. Chuck's the air traffic controller. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Chuck, stop that plane. And he's like, no can doozies, my bro. Dude, the plane is already, like, taking off. Since Ryan couldn't stop the plane, he has to get on a plane and head back to New York. You know, it kind of jumps to Sandra in her office, getting all of her office packed up. And then Ryan comes to the office. He does the sexy slow walk in front of the whole mm-hmm. office. Sandra is like, Ryan, what are you doing here? He's like, stop talking. And he is like, I want to marry you because I would like to date you. Yeah, he says three days ago, I loathed you. I dreamt about you getting hit by a car, but then things changed. And everyone's listening. Like this office, like, dude, I would, God, I would pay money to work at this office. They are just getting all the tea. Like, can you imagine all the drama that has happened in the last couple of days. Yes. Like their boss got engaged with their assistant and then the assistant's coming in and giving this big love speech about how their marriage was actually fake and the boss is getting deported. And I mean, it's just a lot of tea, girl. I'm, I'm here for it. It's so much tea. You know what? They agree to get for real married so they can date. Well, can I say real quick because... You know, he makes this big speech about how he wants to marry her because he wants to date her, like you said. But they get really close to each other. And Sandra Bullock does her whisper talk thing. Do you know mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? She has this thing where she she talks in a whisper and her voice gets really low, but it's somehow crystal clear. And for me, it's like ASMR. Like I could listen mm-hmm. to Sandra Bullock's whisper talk for an hour. You know what? I'm I'd never really paid attention, but I'm going to now. And, you know, while the credits are rolling, you have um, Sandra and Ryan back at the immigration office with the same immigration officer basically being like, hey, like it was fake, but then it turned out real. And now this is the real engagement. Right. I was like, how does this work? You explain like, oh, no, we were intending to break the law, but then we actually fell in love like love is so crazy yeah we were just two criminals two criminals in love (laughs) and then we decided since our love was real that we're no longer criminals but yeah and they're nailing the second interview they're like you know this side of the bed first concert favorite color allergies right mom's birthday the question we get a montage of the immigration officer guy interviewing them interviewing their friends and he even interviews the stripper slash officiant slash convenience store manager. <laughs> Ramon. The questions are stupid. If someone sat down and asked you like stupid questions like this about your husband, mm-hmm. you're not going to get every single one right. Uh uh-uh. Because you know what I mean? Like say they say, what's his favorite food? Like his favorite food last week might be different from like his old time favorite food or his favorite food since he met you might have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That is where the main movie sort of leaves us. The teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, more is brewing and on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.